All right, talking baseball on this Thursday morning, June 1st, two months down in the fantasy baseball season. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today. Email us at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We're going to talk about some under-owned and over-owned players. James Paxton is back. Masahiro Tanaka, ugh, look at the uh, the worryometer out here. Although I'm calling it the thuriometer because it's Thursday, and that's all I can think of. Worryometer Wednesday, thuriometer Thursday. Pretty bad, right? Yeah, you shouldn't have done that. Pretty. You know what that just made me bad. think of? What's that? Furby. Furby. Furry. I thought from the furry. Black Eyed Peas. Furby. You know the little Furby toys? Yeah, I remember them. Giant ears and eyes. Yeah, she sang yeah. glamorous. Yeah. No. Black, she, she made the black eyed peas much better. So, uh, I, let me start with a trivia question here on Thoriometer Thursday. Which must start player has two walks and 32 strikeouts right now? For the season? Yeah. Must start player with two walks and 32 strikeouts clearly has suffered an injury yes. and missed a significant portion of time. Correct. Um, I would say about a 11th, 12th round pick in a 12-team league. Okay, so it's not Trevor Story. Eligible at multiple positions. Eligible at multiple positions. Teammates with Trevor Story. <laughs> uh, his, his, Desmond? yeah, Ian Desmond. Ian Desmond it is. Congratulations! So he'll be on the, uh, the thoriometer in a little bit. What's, uh, what's going on guys? What's on your fantasy baseball mind? Uh, yesterday for CBSSports.com, I released the top 250 Roto trade chart uh-huh. and discussed uh, when, if, and how you should trade Mike Trout. And what was your conclusion? What I came to, the, what I came to, and, and I don't know that Scott and Chris completely agree with this, but since it was a spe- specifically a Roto trade chart, I am much more likely to trade Trout in Roto. Even though he's arguably even more valuable in that format. I just think in a points league, it's really easy. If I'm in first or second, or I feel confident about finishing the top six without Trout, I keep him. Because I get to the playoffs, everything starts over, I've got Mike Trout, I'm better than you. In Roto, you don't have that same everything starts over point. So if you get to August 1st and Trout comes back, which is my arbitrary date that I'm using, and you're in sixth or seventh place in a points league, great, I'll make the playoffs. In Roto, eh, you're probably done. Well, look, he might miss only five weeks. That seems unrealistic. They're saying six to eight, but he had a very similar procedure to what Angelton Simmons had last year, and that was a five-week absence. So so it was said yesterday that there's a possibility that Mike Trout only misses five weeks. I would be a little more concerned about Trout because he hits the ball um, hard on a regular basis. Like Simmons, I'm not sure that he's going to notice. Ah, oh, come on. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, you, you come back from an injury, you come back from an injury. I don't care how good you are. But look, we've spent a lot of time talking about Mike Trout uh, yesterday and on Monday. Chris Tower, or Tuesday, I guess. Chris Towers, what's on your fantasy mind over there other than the NBA Finals? Um, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around Masahiro Tanaka having a bad start when uh, Andrew Romine was behind the plate. I thought, I thought this was, we fixed it. I thought we figured out yeah. what was wrong with him and what was wrong Chris with him was Gary Sanchez. Is in one of those moods today. I, I, I mean, I, I was just, I was told that. By who? By everyone. No. All we needed to do was have Masahiro Tanaka not throw to Gary Sanchez, just take that bat out of the lineup, and you'll be better. It's what's, fine. Hey, Heath, what's going on with your buddy over there? Like, what is going on with, with Chris? You didn't know what happened. I sent out a tweet early this morning because I was so excited. Checked my email first thing, and Anthony Rizzo is now a second baseman. Oh. Yes, sports fantasy leagues. Chris hates this. <laughs> it's really dumb. I love this, partially because Chris hates it so much. I've already moved Rizzo into my, into second base for next week in the league that I own him. And, uh, very excited. Yeah, that really, that does stink. So. Why does it stink? It's really dumb. Because he's, he's like, he's not really playing second base, but. He's, he's done it five times now. It yeah, is what it is, as really Mariah Carey would say. Um. Well, you know, if 
we made it a little more arbitrary and had a common sense override to position eligibility, then we could override something like this. Do it. But we, we don't do that. It's called commissioners. Yeah, a commissioner can't do that. Yeah, they can. Oh, um, but nope. yeah, I don't. I just, and we'll, we'll talk about Masahiro Tanaka <laughs> at some point today anyway, but it's just like, this is generally my position is that if, if there's an explanation that seems too simple, like he just has to throw to a different catcher and he'll be totally fine. The explanation's probably not. Right. I, I think you're overstating how much people, or at least us, thought that was the issue. I think we sort of dismissed that a little bit. Like Tanaka threw one great start. I mean, the bigger issue is that he's not facing the A's every day. Okay, he struck out 13 A's on Friday, and like I said yesterday, Trevor Bauer struck out 14 A's on Tuesday. So Tanaka, look, he's giving up a lot of home runs, uh, more than two per nine. And he's got a 6.34 ERA, a 1.525 WHIP. Let's put him on the thoriometer right now. Uh, let's just call it the worryometer. Zero to ten. How concerned are you about Masahiro Tanaka? I don't think you can continue to see him get Tanaka around almost every <laughs> start and not be worried. I would put him as an eight. Yeah, I'm not really that worried. What do you mean? Like a five. Who, who does he face next week? Two starts. I'm not sure I'd start him. Two start week. Okay, I'm probably starting him. I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is what is tangibly different about Masahiro Tanaka right now that wasn't true last year. His command slash control is not good. Okay. At all. Uh, no, it's, well, that's probably that, but it's also his slider and his splitter. He just, he just doesn't have his breaking pitches. It's very Austin weird. Rome. What'd you say? It's Austin Romine. I got the wrong Romine. Uh, oh, Boston, uh, it, myself. Boston and Baltimore next week, by the way, in a two-star week. So, I mean, there's a tough matchups. Baltimore just knocked him yeah. around yesterday. And uh, they insist, the most important thing is they insist that he's healthy. But it just wouldn't surprise me if there was something there like David Price, you know, like that, that they don't know about. We don't find out till later. I, I guess I'm going to back off on the buy low thing on Tanaka, although if it's super low, like, like, you know, got an email yesterday, somebody dropped Tanaka. Okay. Yeah. If, if it's that low, then you, then you buy. I, if somebody wants Drew Pomeranz, I, I would give up Pomeranz for Tanaka, even though I think there's good reason to like Pomeranz right now. He's 80% owned. Uh, would you guys do that? I would rather have Tanaka than Pomeranz. Yes. I would rather have Tanaka than Pomeranz as well. And uh, to be clear, Tanaka's been in a weird situation of being both bad and unlucky. So I I don't think he's six three four ERA bad, but he's been more like five ERA bad. But that's still like much worse than what we expected. And like the weird thing is he's still getting a ton of swing and some swings and misses on both his slider and his splitter. So when we talk about well, the breaking balls aren't there, well they're there sometimes. So I think it's probably just something where it's just a minor thing that needs to click and I think he'll be fine. Yeah. It is uh, it's 2 months now though and it's it is weird. All right. Let's go through yesterday's action and again uh, I'll try to save some time at the end of the show for emails at fantasybaseball@cbsi.com. We'll also try to take a look at Thursday's matchups. Um two players that might be underowned. You tell me if you agree or disagree. Uh, disagree. Luis Perdomo. He's only 16% owned. He's got a a bad ERA, 5.01 ERA, but you know he had a really bad start against Arizona. Eight earned runs in three innings. Other than that, six quality starts in his last seven. This is Luis Perdomo of the San Diego Padres. Uh, 46 strikeouts to 15 walks and 50 and a third. I don't know. 16% seems a little low. I'm not saying he should be 50%, but obviously we need pitching in deeper leagues. Luis Perdomo is he is he better than that? 16%. Here's the thing. I I don't know that I could say that I fault fantasy owners for him being 16%. He had because a 571 ERA last season. He's got a 501 this season. He, after his last, he's the type of pitcher in that 75 to 90 range of starting pitchers that if he's coming off of a good start or he has a good matchup or he has two starts that week, he's going to be more highly owned, maybe closer to 40%. And then he comes off a bad start or he goes up against the Cubs and nobody's going to use him, so he gets dropped. He's he'll he'll go on and off rosters and go between ten and thirty percent ownership probably. But he's pretty interesting. Like sixty six percent ground ball rate, he's got an average strikeout rate, average walk rate, like 
You look at all those things, you put them together, that should be a pretty good pitcher. I'm not saying he's a star, but I right. think there's there's a, a good amount to like about him, and he's gone pretty deep into games pretty consistently on the you know, with the exceptions of the times that he has been hit around. Right, that's Luis Perdomo, and that's just the point I wanted to make that maybe he's a little better than the ERA because that one start against the Diamondbacks is really uh dragging it down. Do you think that uh would you rather have Scogland or Perdomo? Perdomo. Perdomo. Uh Alex Avila, forty nine percent owned. And his last ten games, he's only five for twenty eight, so he's struggling a little bit. Seven walks, seventeen strikeouts in in ten games. But he did homer yesterday, and Avila is a catcher, so that's cool. And he's uh batting three thirteen with seven home runs. Um forty nine percent owned. Is Avila better than than a lot of catchers who are, you know, who we consider must own? Like, I don't know, we can't really put him ahead of like a Rayamuto, could we? He's been pretty bad since the first no. week or so. He he's in that weird range where Austin Hedges was for quite a while where he should be owned in every two catcher league and probably zero one catcher leagues, so forty nine percent is probably about right. So you you wouldn't be buying a, a kind of a breakout because Avila says he's healthy. That's the biggest thing for him. He's been banged up for a while, and now he's healthy. You don't, Like, Chris, do you buy that this could be a breakout year for Avila and he should be owned in one-catcher leagues? I I don't really. I think it, you could very easily buy that this is going to be a breakout year for Avila and he still should not be owned in one-catcher leagues. Yeah, well, that's why I put the and in there because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it, it may very well be Alex Avila's best year, but... I'm not sure that's going to make him a top 12 yeah. pitcher. Okay. All right. I'm going to give you two pitchers. You tell me if they are overowned. Chris Towers, I'll start with you. Antonio Senzatella. He, look, he's had a good year, but, but 44 strikeouts and 67 innings pitching at Coors Field. He's 86% owned. And Aaron Nola, when do we give up on this guy? He's 84% owned. He has a 5.06 ERA in 32 innings. Are Antonio Senzatella and Aaron Nola overowned? Yes. No. And before Excuse Chris, me. I asked Chris I, Towers. I don't. He made a point of saying I didn't hear your name, Chris Towers. <laughs> I don't know why I'd want to talk to you. So smart. Good luck. Be a jerk to him, Chris. Uh, yeah. And I, I would say any Rockies pitcher at eighty-six percent who's not John Gray is probably overowned. Um, is he? Was he a two-start? No, he wasn't. Been a two-start guy this week. So yeah, that that just seems too high. It's just. It's too hard to it's hard to justify those guys as like 86% owned is like I'm keeping him even through bad weeks and that's just not the case with Antonio Sensatella. Would you start Antonio Sensatella next week with two starts, Cleveland at home and at the Cubs? No way. No right. chance. Yeah, and and to put it in perspective, Sensatella is owned in more leagues than Drew Pomeranz. Um, He's owned more leagues than Aaron Nola. I would rather have Aaron Nola even with a bad start. Much rather. Uh, what do you think about Aaron Nola, guys? Like, people are going to want to drop him after this. 84% owned, horrible, I don't know, like, second half last year, but then he got hurt, and then, um, and now 506 ERA so far. And the, the strikeout rate has regressed from last season, which is exactly what I expected. He's probably an average strikeout pitcher. Um, but he, he's just, he's a lot better than he's been so far. The second half last year was bad, but, we haven't, I don't, we haven't seen the real, real Aaron Nola yet. Then how do you know what it is? Except maybe his rookie season. I'm just talking about the talent level that I expect moving forward. Okay. Like I don't think the guy he was last season, all these strikeouts with a low swing strike rate was real. I don't think the really bad version of him in the second half last year was real or this version of him so far. But I, I think there are better days ahead of him. C- can I correct something I said wrong like five minutes ago? Yeah. Uh, Alex Avila is probably not going to have his best year ever. And if he does, he will definitely be a top 12 catcher. I totally forgot about his 2011 season when he almost hit 300 with a 900 OPS and 19 home runs. So okay. apologies to Alex Avila. Wow. Accepted. <laughs> he, he accepts. Nice. A hater. I'm going to find out who stood out to you guys in Wednesday's games after. Oh, yeah. I am so excited to talk about Blue Apron. I am so excited to get my Blue Apron delivery next week. It's been two weeks because I've been out of town since I've been able to cook. And, uh, yeah, just amazing meals, creative meals. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They want to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and they do that. And they make it convenient. They send your meals right to your door. They give you the exact amount of ingredients that 
that you need. There's variety. You can choose from a variety of new recipes each week or just let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Uh, and it's affordable, less than $10 per person per meal. You're going to get seasonal recipes and, again, those pre-portioned ingredients so you don't waste food. You don't have to you know, struggle with uh, the recipes. It's just so easy. Look, these are fresh, high-quality ingredients. We're talking warm smoked trout and asparagus salad with fingerling potatoes and garlic croutons, spiced zucchini enchiladas with creamy lime and tomato rice, peach honey glazed chicken with mashed sweet potatoes. When do you get to eat these things? Well, you do with Blue Apron. And right now you can check out uh, the menu for this week and get three meals free with free shipping at blueapron.com slash baseball. You're going to love Blue Apron, people. Get on it right now. BlueApron.com slash baseball for those three free meals and free shipping. That's Blue Apron, a better way to cook. BlueApron.com slash baseball. Wednesday standouts, Chris Towers, and only Chris Towers, my cousin Vinny reference. Uh, Wednesday standout from you, sir. Can we talk about how weird George Springer is? He's just a weird player. Like he's... He's really hot right now, multiple hits in five of his last six, including reaching base six times yesterday, uh, has the average up to 264. Weren't we just talking about how disappointing he's been like a week ago? <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I have a whole section here called the Awesome Astros as they got 17 runs on yeah. the board at the Twins. and They yeah, scored 40 runs in a three-game series against the Twins. They just destroyed it. And Springer, I meant to look up, I'm going to look it up now, where he ranks among outfielders. The Twins averaged 5.3 runs per game in that series and were outscored by 24. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so so now Springer has his best OPS ever at 842. But as weird as he, as he is, like I, I say this a lot, this is his OPS in, in four seasons, including this year, 804, 826, 815, 842. So he's pretty Springer-like at the moment uh, for the season, but no steals, which is not a surprise. But, yeah, I mean – it, it, he was a top ten outfielder last year. Is George Springer a top ten outfielder this year for you? I think I moved him a little bit outside my top ten, but he'll end up there. He's kind of like he's basically just where Adam Jones was like seven or eight years ago. He walks more, strikes out more, but you know, you know, you're gonna get solid, strong numbers at the end of the uh, at the end of the season, but. He's not necessarily going to hit like a superstar on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we'd like to see him steal, but none yet in two attempts. Uh, Heath, how about a standout from you from Wednesday? Uh, I'll go through Pomerantz. It's uh, what twenty-five strikeouts now in his last seventeen innings. He's yep. only given up four earned runs in those three starts, and it's nice to see him making up for a, a very bad start to the season. The ERA is down to 4.24, so he's got a little bit ways to go, but I, you have to consider him a must-start option for as long as he stays healthy. Pomeranz said he made a mechanical adjustment. He said he was working on his mechanics, and, and Pomeranz would would basically like get it fixed in his bullpen sessions, and then he would long toss, and he would lose it again. But now he thinks he's got the problem solved, and I think we're seeing it in the results. So 80% owned. I would be che- look, I would say a lot of you out there are like, why are you telling me about Drew Pomerantz? He's 80% owned. But if you need to check your leagues and make sure that he's not available, if he is, go ahead and, and pick him up. Uh, Brandon Maurer, guys, has gotten three saves in a row. What the hell? Brad Hand's no longer the closer. It's Brandon Maurer again? Yeah. Yep. Great. It's awesome. Annoying. I think it's pretty clear. Okay. Uh, let me tell you about Steven Souza. 55% owned. He has homered again. And in his last eight games, he's batting 406 with five home runs. Is this going to be a fool Jew with Souza or is this a little bit different? Because, you know, he had that big stretch early and then next 20 games, he batted 119 with one home run and 30 strikeouts. He finally hit some far. This one yesterday was, uh, 423 feet according to, uh, Hit tracker online. He now has three home runs over 400 feet. So good for Steven Souza. It's remarkable how similar his batted ball data looks from 2016 to 2017. I mean, everything is within a percentage point. He's basically been the same hitter when he's put the bat on the ball. The difference, and we've talked about it a lot this year, is it's easier to be successful with a 28% strikeout rate than a 34% strikeout rate. That's going to be the key for Sousa. If he keeps it below 30, I like his chances of having a pretty decent year. 55% owned. Do you feel like people need to get Sousa now in case this is a legit breakout year? 
I think 55% is a little bit too low. Okay. I'm not sure he quite to the point to where he deserves to be 100% owned, but... I think you should march to the waiver wire to pick up Souza. You Souza, you loser. Yeah. Right? right? Mine, mine was a, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and would you rather have Souza or Avi Garcia? Souza. Okay. Would you rather have James Paxton or David Price? I'm going to go with Price. I'm not even sure if I have it ranked that way, but I, I don't have any reason to think that David Price is not going to be okay the rest of the well, season. So any more than I do Souza? Right. That's Paxton. Paxton. Yeah. That, that's the big thing is that I don't feel confident in David Price staying healthy, but I feel no more or less confident in James Paxton staying healthy. I have Paxton one spot ahead. So I'll just stick with that. Alrighty guys. Um, I did a couple of, well, first of all, I want to say that I thought yesterday was a pretty interesting day for pitching. Like, uh, I went and I, I looked for a number of pitchers off the waiver wire because they are two start guys next week. But Eric Skoglin, I, look, we talked about it yesterday. Modest expectations, but if you have someone on your roster that you know just isn't going to give you much, maybe take a shot on Skoglin or somebody that Chris and Heath like even better, Luis Perdomo. So I dropped Eddie Butler. I picked up Eric Skoglin. Uh, I dropped Chris Tillman. It's so great to have Chris Tillman on my team because, like, if I wanted someone, it's like I just know immediately the first guy I'm dropping, and it was Chris Tillman. Um, just leave the roster spot. Yeah, so Tillman out, Junior Guerra in. I picked up Junior Guerra yesterday who had a good start against the Mets, and he's just been good for a year and now some starts here in 2017. And Scott Shebler is 76% owned. I do kind of worry that, if he doesn't homer, Shebler's just going to give you nothing. But he's homering right now, so I picked up Shebler and I dropped Lowry in a 14-team league. I'll probably be dropping. I'll probably be starting Shebler in utility next week. But I don't know, guys. I thought yeah, last night was a pretty cool night, especially those pitchers like Dan Straley, Junior Guerra, uh, Jaime Garcia. They give you something. I don't know how long it'll last, but did you sort of feel the same way? Like there were some decent Zach Godley, 71% owned. Definitely want to talk about him. Take Dan Straley more seriously, don't we? I don't know, do we? Because it seems two double-digit strikeout games already. Strikeout rates up to twenty-six percent. Uh, swinging strike rate is up to twelve percent, career high. We should be taking this guy more seriously. I I don't I don't like this. I don't feel the same way that you do, Adam. When these pitchers that I don't really believe are going to keep it up have outings like this, it just makes me. Queasy. Yeah, but but like Junior Guerra could keep it up, no? I like yes. I think Junior Guerra is somebody that should be owned pretty much everywhere. Oh, okay. Well, he's fifty five percent owned. Uh, so hey, you've moved Marco Estrada up into your top thirty, right? Yes. Isn't Dan Straley just Marco Estrada? Um. Well, Estrada's okay. done it for th- going on three years now. Okay, so it's two for Dan Straley, but he's got a career two fifty three uh Babbitt. He yeah. gets a lot of infield fly balls. He's striking out and getting a lot of swing strikes right now. I I don't know. I like I'm having trouble believing it, but he's a weird pitcher. He's not doing things that your typical pitcher's doing, but he's 67% owned. He's 67% owned. He's owned in 20% fewer leagues than Anthony and Antonio Sanzatella. That should be correct. And he's got two double-digit strikeout performances. And we know he's someone who does a good job of suppressing hits on balls in play. And only seven home runs allowed for Straley, which was his big issue last year. And he'll he'll give up a lot of home runs. Like, that's that's part of the low BAPIP is when the ball goes over the wall. That's not considered a ball in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a fly, an extreme fly ball pitcher. But he induces weak contact. Now, does it... Does it matter to you that the two double-digit strikeout games were against San Diego and Philadelphia? You get you get good matchups throughout the year. I he has had, I, I would guess, and Chris can look this up pretty easily. He's had a fairly easy start to the year, but he pitches in a dis- division that provides quite a few easy matchups. Um, but yeah, I mean he's he's already faced like half of his starts have been against very bad offenses. 
Yeah. Well, right. And he didn't follow up the Padres start with any, with good production. By the way, the Padres are the second highest strikeout team in baseball. The Phillies are like middle of the pack. So yesterday's start was, was impressive for Australia. More than 67% owned, yes. Australia or Guerra? Australia. <sighs> sure. All right. Australia or Clevenger, 48% owned. Australia and Guerra before Clevenger. Jaime Garcia? Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Ian Kennedy? Kennedy. Australia. Alright, alright. Um, we'll get to the, uh, thoriometer in just a second. A couple of Twitter polls from last night. Justin Bohr hits two more home runs, so I said, who's your favorite rest of season? Justin Bohr, Gregory Polanco, or Carlos Gonzalez? Justin Bohr, Gregory Polanco, Carlos Gonzalez. Cargo one at 45%. Justin Bohr second at 35%. Gregory Polanco third at 20%. But now Justin Bohr, I mean, what a, what an enormous May. It's 11 home runs in May. Uh, he's just, he's just been amazing. And, and actually entering yesterday's game was batting 343 against lefties. So he had no home runs entering in his career entering the season against lefties. He had four going into yesterday. I don't think he homered off a lefty yesterday, but, but, uh, anyway, like, who's your favorite? Bohr, Polanco, or Cargo? Cargo. Easy. Cargo still, but Bohr versus Polanco is actually really interesting because they've both had about as many really good months in their career, right? Yeah. Like, Gregor Polanco had two really good months last season. He's been kind of mediocre otherwise. Yeah. I mean, Gregory Polanco is mediocre up until this year has always been better than Bohr's mediocre. Mostly because of steals. Well, yeah, he does that. That helps. Yeah, no, that's that's a big thing. Right. But like, Boar's 2015 wasn't that much worse than Polanco's 2016, with the exception of the stolen bases, which are obviously big and they matter. But I don't know. Boar's pretty good. I, I'm, is it going to be a lost season for Gregory Polanco, or is he just? Because he, I mean, if not, he's the ultimate buy low right now. I mean, nobody, nobody wants him right now. I, I've gotten him off waivers in two different leagues. He's pretty, yeah. I mean, I think a big thing. This is a this is a reality versus perception kind of thing because he's hitting 274 with a 769 OPS overall. He had a 258 average and 786 OPS last season, so he hasn't been that much worse than he was a year ago. I just think people expected him to be better than he was a year ago. And so that leads to people overreacting and disappointment. Mm, right. So he's got doubles, right? How many home runs does Polanco have? He's been more of a doubles guy this year, right? He's got 11 doubles. And he missed some time. How many, I'm sorry, how many home runs? Three. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, the other Twitter poll I did was, who's your favorite rest of season? Jason Kipnis, Devin Travis, who just finished the uh, month of May as the best second baseman in fantasy. Him, he and Altuve were one, two. Um, in, in, in May. Uh, Kipnis, Devin Travis, or DJ LeMayhew? And this one was pretty close. So people still say Kipnis, and that's who I would have gone with there. Travis, 41% of the vote for Kipnis, 31% of the vote for Travis, and then 28% of the vote for DJ LeMayhew. I don't even, we barely ever talk about him. But, um, what, who would you guys go with? How would you rank Kipnis, Travis, LeMayhew? Uh, Anthony Rizzo number one. <laughs> no, I would still go Kipnis, Travis, LeMayhew in that order. Yeah. I don't think I'd put I... Travis and Lemayhew's really interesting. Uh Lemayhew hasn't been the guy we expected this season. Like the skill set skill set's still pretty good. I don't really think anything's really changed all that much with Lemayhew. It's I I would probably still put Lemayhew and Kipnis at the top. Well, Lemayhew's not stealing, right? He's got three steals and he's only hit two home runs. Like last year he had more Ele- power. Yeah, last year he had more power than we'd seen. The year before that he had more steals than we had seen, and this year he's not really doing either. And he's only batting 281. So, I don't know. But yeah, he's he's an interesting case because he's still hitting a lot of line drives. He's still hitting the ball all over the field. So his BABIP should rise dramatically. This is a guy that I I think you expect to hit 300 at a, at a minimum really. Yeah. Um, just given where he plays, but his hard hit rate 
was a career outlier last season, 35%. It's down to 28% this year. That could explain the drop in power. Which is where he was two years yeah. ago when he hit 300. So I don't think that really affect his batting average too much. But Well, what's the chances that Devin Travis has a special year? Because, I mean, he homered again yesterday. He's just he's one of the hottest hitters in baseball. Again, I've, I've talked about this before. If you put together his first two partial seasons, he was an 860 OPS guy. Right. He's got a pretty good chance. Yeah, I'd take him over LeMahieu then. I just, I don't really think LeMahieu can give you why that. Are we, why are we giving Kipnis a free pass? We, sh- we don't have to. I mean, Kipnis has sort of failed to meet expectations. He's been hitting pretty well lately. But I, I guess I just like Kipnis, but Kipnis just seems safer to me. But, uh, LeMahieu is almost like the old Kyle Seeger, where you know he'd be good, he, he'd, you know, he'd be worth starting, but never be great at the position, then Seeger had his huge year. But, uh, that's kinda how I feel about LeMahieu. I'd, I'd rather take a chance on somebody who's got greatness potential. Well, LeMahieu did hit 348 last season. So. He was great last year. He was great. Um But yeah, I, I think they're very close, him and Travis especially. Alrighty. Uh, news and notes. Gregory Polanco did pinch hit yesterday. Bryce Harper's three-game suspension began yesterday. It's only three games now. Justin Upton left with a mild quad strain. Jamison Tyone will make his second rehab start tomorrow. Oh, Eric Young! He started again and he homered! Woo! His, uh, his first home run since 2014, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so look, he, he's not gonna be a great hitter, but he looks like he's gonna play a lot for for the uh, Angels. And Ben Revere sat. Cameron Mabin was out again with side soreness. They don't seem to like Revere very much. Wellington Castillo on the DL with a testicular injury. Adam Jones is back. Greg Bird will start a rehab assignment today. Miguel Sano could be... Oh, Miguel Sano could be back soon. He's got an illness. He sat two straight games. Amir Garrett could be back next week. Giancarlo Stanton sat with hamstring cramps. Matt Andres is on the DL with a groin strain. James Shields, or as I put in my notes, James should, should begin a rehab assignment soon. James Shields beginning a rehab assignment soon. Kyle Seeger is heated up. We just talked about him in his last 11 games. Kyle Seeger is batting 357 with a home run and five doubles. Ian Kinsler is expected back Tuesday. And guys, what did you think of Mr. Met flipping the bird to the fans yesterday? Can you flip a middle finger if you do not have a middle finger? It's a great point. He only has four fingers, Mr. Met. I'll only have four fingers. He ha- he either has three fingers and a thumb or four fingers overall. I think he has this four. This is not, you're not making a salient he, point. He has no thumb. His he four, has a thumb. Nope. His four fingers <laughs> are all together. He obviously has a thumb. If he had a thumb, I, I don't know. I've never seen him grip anything. You can't go through life with no thumb. This is the exact argument, opposite of the argument you were making he before the podcast. He has either three fingers and a thumb or four fingers. Either he can't give a middle finger or we can't. You need to make a decision, Heath. You need to take a stand right now. Wait, is a thumb a finger? Why are you acting like a thumb is not a finger? Because it's not he's, a, because he's not a finger. Heath's doing a Heath thing. Oh, all right. It's, it's clearly a finger. By the way, uh, as good as DJ LeMahieu was last year, he was the number eight second baseman, which is kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Uh, number eight in both points and roto. Let's get that old thuriometer out. Worryometer Thursday here. We did Tanaka. Let's go to some first baseman, okay? And, 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 around me. What'd you say? What's that? Take your thuriometer out around me, man. Uh, are, I'm, are, should we be thurried about Chris Towers today? Uh, the thumb contrasts with each of the other four by being the only digit that is opposable to the other four fingers. It has two phalanges, but there's three. The exactly. other four fingers. It is included in the it has group two of phala- fingers. No, it is not a finger. So then you don't give a middle finger. We call it a middle you, finger. It's a figure of speech. It's he, not a, an equation. He has never given a middle finger. So how it's many? A, how many? Not a finger. How many fingers do you have, Heath? Four. Okay, so you're a Simpson, is what you're telling me. I have four fingers, one thumb, five digits. Okay, wonderful. Um, I'm just gonna instead of doing the worryometer, just tell me which first baseman you are valuing differently than you did at the beginning of the season. Eric, thing. Edwin, no, bad. Edwin Encarnacion. Will Myers, who's number 14 in points, number 11 in Roto, but just kind of been like whatever. Um, Ian Desmond, who, as I mentioned, two walks, 32 strikeouts, and off to a terrible start. Um, but, well, you know, 274 of average is whatever, but 
not a good start. Uh, so Encarnacion, Myers, Desmond, and Matt Carpenter really struggling. Uh, number 24 first baseman in points, number 29 in Roto. You want to look at second base, he's number 16 in points, number 24 in Roto. Good plate discipline, but bad production. So I'm looking at Encarnacion, Will Myers, Ian Desmond, and Matt Carpenter. Uh, who, who are you most concerned about there, guys? I have moved Edwin Encarnacion down a little bit. I've, I've moved some guys up above him, and just because of the age, I do think you have to be a little concerned about a slow start. Um, Maybe we were too excited about Ian Desmond. I'm giving Ian Desmond a pass still at this point because of the slow start due to the injury. If this is going on another three, two, three, four weeks from now, then maybe I'll start considering that. Uh, the guy that I probably have dropped the most is probably Will Myers. He does have 11 home runs and six steals, you know, and he had got his sixth yesterday. So right. that, that's really good. That's what, oh, that, yeah, that in Roto, that's huge. Yeah. And he's 11th in Roto. But yeah, it's just like his plate discipline is still terrible. 16 walks, 65 strikeouts, and, uh, pretty bad May. Great April for Will Myers, but too, he too, stopped too, trying. When he does hit the ball, he's been pretty elite. 47% yeah. hard contact rates. It's the same thing. It's kind of a lot of the same thing with Matt Carpenter. He doesn't strike out as much, but. When he hits the ball, good things are going to happen moving forward, and you just have to wait it out. So they've moved down because, like, Thames and Zimmerman have been so good. Is Ryan Zimmerman ahead of Will Myers for you? Ahead of any of these guys for me. I have Zimmerman ahead of Will Myers in points. He's ahead of Desmond, but that's the only one for me. All right, but Thames is ahead of Will Myers. I do not have Thames ahead of Will Myers, no. No. He might be for me. All right. Um, Is Thames... For Chris, is Thames ahead of Chris Carpenter or Matt Carpenter? No, not close. Kind of heard something interesting. I moved Matt Carpenter at all? I'm not worried even a little bit about him. Now I heard something interesting on the broadcast yesterday on ESPN watching Dodgers Cardinals game, and Rick Sutcliffe, I think, is a very good broadcaster. He he thinks that the Cardinals should move him back to third base or second base. I don't know what he said, but he didn't think that Carpenter was comfortable playing first base, and. If you look at the numbers last year of Carpenter playing first base, pretty bad. 231, well, 231, 331, 463. So there was some power there. Seven home runs and 134 bats, but he only had 231. Unfortunately, he played first base. I can't, I don't know if you can get anything out of this because Carpenter played first base almost exclusively late in the year last year. And that was after he came back from the oblique injury. And he struggled after he came back from the oblique. So was it the oblique? Was it first base? I don't know. But I thought that was an interesting theory. And he's played pretty much exclusively first base this year, and he's having a bad year. Yeah, I, he has a 43% hard hard hit rate. He's hitting the ball really well. Um, I, I think he's totally fine. I'm not worried about him in the least. And I think there was a big deal, and I don't I don't remember for sure. I think there was a big deal with Carpenter about him not wanting to play bunch of different positions again this year and was they, them just settling him into one spot. So I don't know that changing his position mid-year is necessarily a good idea. Yeah. All right. Uh, as far as Desmond goes, remember Desmond, last year, first 14 games, he was batting 132 with one extra base hit. Like People were dropping Ian Desmond. Then he went on a 75-game tear with a 356 batting average and 15 home runs and 14 steals. Like He was unbelievable. But then, after the All-Star break, last 67 games, he hit 237. Last two months of the season, Desmond hit two home runs in his last two months. And he, he struggled late in 2015, if I remember. Bad early in 2016, people said, oh, he's done. And then he had this huge stretch. So, do you think, do you think any of the guys, Encarnacion, Myers, Desmond, Carpenter, are not by lows? Desmond, I, I, I struggle with just because so much of our excitement about him was just course field. Like, I don't think any of us thinks he's a special player, especially as a first baseman. Like, if he was playing in Tampa, would, it, would you have him as a top 20 first baseman, Heath? Probably. I mean, the 2020 thing in Roto, I think, is another part of his appeal. So, yeah, it was course and it was stolen bases at first base. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I don't 
the, the strikeout to walk thing is bad, but again, he got a late start to the season. And when he, again, another guy, when he's hitting the ball, he's still got a 34% hard contact rate. I mean, it's not like, I'm just not that worried about him yet. Give him another month. Okay. I'm going to give you guys uh, two more players for the for the worryometer section here on this Thursday. But first, I'm going to talk about draft because I won last night against a listener in draft. What I'm not as proud to say is I also lost last night against a listener in draft. I did go one for two. But look, we're doing snake drafts, competing for only a dollar. If you want to play against me, the big cane too, it's going to be for a dollar for free. I just can't play that many games because, you know, I'm playing a lot and can't play for that much money, but but uh, you can play for as much as you want. Your chances of winning money on draft are almost three times better than your chances of winning on FanDuel or DraftKings. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to the App Store and search for Draft. The first one that comes up is the app that you want. Download Draft and use our promo code FB today, Fantasy Baseball today. FB today. When you download, you're going to get a 100% bonus on up to 600 bucks when you deposit. So again, the promo code is FB today. You're doing snake drafts. You can do it with your buddies. You can do up to 10 people in a draft. And, and the drafts go really quickly, okay? It's not like taking an hour. It's taking just a few minutes out of your day to do these drafts. Um, really, really fun stuff. You can win some money or you can play for free if you want. Every single day is draft day on the draft app. So download draft and use that promo code FB today, a 100% bonus on up to 600 bucks when you deposit. Again, search draft in the app store and use the promo code FB today. Are you worried about Carlos Gonzalez? Are you worried about Rugned Odor? No. Are you worried about anyone? No. That's a good question. Are you worried about anyone? It, it's fair not to be after two months, but but like who who is a real cause for concern? I I have to be consistent. Uh, I think you you trust your internal decision making process, and my internal decision making process is I think like. I think Scott and I are probably on extremes, and Heath is probably somewhere in the middle. I'm extremely patient. Mr. Reasonable over here. Uh, Scott reacts to things a little more quickly, and, and I think Heath is somewhere in the middle. Um, and so I'm going to miss on some stuff. But I think there's also situations where, like, I'm not going to panic sell Rugnetto Door, and I think he'll probably be totally fine moving forward. I, I can't find a reason to be worried about Rugnetto Door. Uh, and he is one of those players, not to start this debate again, but he, <gasps> he's going to have a month where he just erases these struggles. That's what Rugnet Odor has done for two seasons. Two and a half, really, really three seasons. This is his fourth year. Yeah. And, and he's been a very streaky hitter. It doesn't necessarily have to start on June 1st because as Chris will tell you, months are artificial constructs, but it may just start on June 1st, and he just goes bananas. Yeah, I just I would expect him to be Rugnetto Dorm moving forward. Carlos, which Gonzalez is thing. really awesome months and really bad sure. months. And Carlos Gonzalez, kind of the same thing. He's already started to heat up a little bit. His May numbers on the whole aren't great, but if I think about midway through the month, he really started to figure things out. Two years ago, Carlos Gonzalez had a 6.27 OPS and four home runs in his first two months. That's exactly where we are now. Two years ago, just terrible. Four home runs in two months. Last four months, he had a 961 OPS and 36 homers. Uh, that's not going to happen again. But he has been a streaky player. Uh, I read on fan side that Rugnet Odor is not seeing as many fastballs this year. And he's struggling against breaking pitches, off-speed pitches, stuff like that. Maybe that's a hole in his game. Maybe he's being exploited. But he's striking out at the same rate, and he's hitting hard. He's getting hard contact at the same rate. Okay. So I don't know where that's like. How is how? And he's seeing fastballs at roughly the same rate this season. Oh, he is. All right. Well, yeah, he... it's lower than 2015, and probably I would guess lower than the major league average. He's about 47 percent, but he was 48 percent last year. All righty. Well, that's the uh, that's the thoriometer here for this Thursday. Hey, how about those Astros? So we talked about George Springer. We haven't really talked about Jose Altuve. He's just having a ho-hum Jose Altuve year, which is elite second baseman and a 319 hitter with the 505 slugging percentage. But seven home runs, 10 steals for him. That's outstanding. Uh, Carlos Correa. I'm going to ask you now, now that Carlos Correa had this mega month of of May, uh, he, o, OPS over 1,000. Correa or Corey Seager? 
I'm sticking with, I'm sticking with Seager, but it's really close. Okay. Marwin Gonzalez, he's every time he plays, he hits. It seems about a 308 with a 638 slugging percentage and a 401 on base. And I think with Marwin Gonzalez, who's 75% on, he's got 18 walks and 30 strikeouts. He, previous two seasons, he had 38 walks to 192 strikeouts. So that's really encouraging. Uh, yeah, anything to say about Marwin? 75% owned? I think that's about right. I, I don't expect this to continue, but it's fine to ride it while it's happening. He's eligible everywhere, which is nice. I don't, I don't know why he's not just like playing every single day. Well, who are you sitting? Uh, Yuli Gurriel. Okay. And then there's Evan Gaddis, and we'd like to see him play a little bit more. Since Brian McCann has come back, he's played, what I had, three of, three of five, I think, three of five games. Season two. What'd you say, Chris? He's been awesome this season too. Well, the power hasn't really been there, but yeah, he's batting 287. Now he has a 451 slugging percentage after homering yesterday, so. Um, but by far best walk to strikeout ratio of his career. And Gaddis is the number six catcher in fantasy without, without playing that much. Can that last? Yeah, probably. I don't, I don't really like the odds of it lasting, but I don't think he's going to fall outside of the top ten. I think I have him ninth. Yeah, who's going to pass him? Um, that's, that's the big thing for me is it's just like the position's such a, like, maybe Jonathan LaCroix passes him. I would expect so. Um, but beyond that, the position's such a disaster. And Gary Sanchez will pass him. Yeah. So now he's down to eight. Like, I, I think he's still a top ten catcher. He's just, I was hoping he'd be top five this year. He's been close to it so far. I, I don't really expect that to continue. I think the playing time's just gonna go up. I really think they gotta get Carlos Beltran just out of that lineup. Maybe Gurriel as well at some point. I think there are just more DH at bats available for, for Gaddis. Uh, but the, the, the tricky part about that is, cause I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, and if they were in a situation like the Cubs are right now, I think that might be a pressing thing. It happens soon. They're, they're just destroying the American League. Right? Yeah, it's just kind of, it's, it's a situation where it's kind of like, why not ride Carlos Beltran and see if you can get, get him hot? Or just keep playing these guys all on a sporadic basis so everybody stays fresh. Uh, let's look at some pitching from yesterday now. By the way, Alex Bregman hit another home run, so hopefully. He's been, he's got a 909 OPS since hitting his first home run. Alright, there we go. Keep it going, Alex Bregman. Um, some pitching from yesterday. Jacob DeGrom was bad. Do you think this had something to do with throwing 118 pitches last time out? There have been some studies done about pitchers and the, the magic number that's been used has been 115. Uh, and I don't, I don't think there is a magic number, yeah. but I do think you have to be more cautious with starters when they go over that 110, 115 measure, unless there's someone that's just shown the ability to do it over and over and over again. I don't know why the Mets would let anybody go over 105 yeah, and, right now. And Jacob DeGrom is, and, and the type of guys who, show the ability to do that over and over are guys like Bartolo Colon, guys like LeVon Hernandez back in the day, Felix Hernandez at his prime, guys that just like, they're not not max effort throwers. And Jacob deGrom, I think it's fair to assume he's a max effort thrower. This isn't going to make you happy then. Jacob deGrom has thrown 105 or more pitches in seven straight starts. Yeah, and desperation can breed bad decision making, and I think that might be the Mets franchise motto <laughs> at this point. Um, but I, there, there's a little bit of a concern there. I still have Jacob Degrom as a top ten starting pitcher. I love the skill set, but the workload's worrying, even if I'm not willing to predict anything with it. Let's do buy sell hold for everybody in the rotation. Jacob Degrom, buy sell hold. 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 Jake Arietta, good start at the Padres yesterday. Buy, sell, hold. Hold. Buy. Yeah, I mean, I guess if if the last few starts he's been good in two of them, if those haven't assaged the the concerns of the Jake Arietta owner. That's how you say that word? I don't know. I thought it was I've assuaged. I think that might be the first time I've ever said it. Assuaged? Assuaged? I think it's right in between. <laughs> uh, classic Heath is watched. You tell me, Heath. Um, Chris Archer. He, he wants to be right. He just wants everybody else to be wrong. Uh, yeah, there you go. Chris Archer has a 374 ERA, but he's a ton of strikeouts. Uh, buy, sell, hold Chris Archer. 
Hold. Uh, yeah, hold. And Carlos Martinez, he's pitching pretty darn well lately. 308 ERA and a lot of strikeouts. 80 strikeouts and 73 innings for Carlos Martinez. Buy, sell, hold. Buy. Yeah. Yeah, the, the strikeout rate was really the only thing that kept him from being like a really, truly elite pitcher. All right. So you guys are buying the strikeouts for Carlos Martinez? For now. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think it is assuaged, by the way. Sorry, Heath. Um, Sean Manaya, Sean Manaya, 84% owned, 19 swinging strikes and a brilliant start at Cleveland. Buy, sell, hold, Sean Manaya. Buy. Buy. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, is yeah. this a, a riser here? Yes. Okay. Max Scherzer, <laughs> buy, sell, hold. Buy. Ooh, no, I think you gotta sell him. This Max Scherzer guy is a fluke. I know it's been like seven seasons in a row, but the other shoe's dropping. Of course you hold him. Max Scherzer's second Bye. or third best pitcher in baseball. Given injury history of of Clayton Kershaw, how crazy would it be to make Max Scherzer your number one starting pitcher? It would be crazy town banana pants. Okay. He's he's having a better year, I think. I, I mean, think it'd be okay. It's crazy town it's banana fine. pants. Okay. Uh, we didn't talk about Zach Godley, who is 71% owned. Every time he pitches well, it makes me look so bad. And he has, because of that... And to no fault of his own, become my least favorite player in, in baseball. <laughs> um, but let's give Zach Godley some credit here. He's got a 239 ERA and he's pitching really well and had a good start at the, at the Pirates yesterday. It wasn't great, but it was good. I don't, I just don't buy it. I actually had a chance to watch this start. It's got a nice curveball, but I just don't buy soft tossing righties. Like I just, no. Um, now Kyle Hendricks would be laughing at me right now and Mike Leake would be laughing at me right now, I guess, but, uh, I don't know, man. 71% for Zach Godley. He is a two-star pitcher next week. Do you guys think Zach Godley is good? I think he is very similar to Luis Perdomo. I think Luis Perdomo throws like six miles an hour harder or something like that, but the results look very similar. A lot of ground balls, decent strikeout rate. Um, But I think I might believe in Perdomo a little more. I... I don't like this is another one of those guys that I think he belongs somewhere in the 70 to 90 range at starting pitcher. I'm I don't believe he's going to keep this up. No, not at all. I he's a right around a mid 4 ZRA pitcher in my opinion, but he's not pitched like one so far. You know, I'm looking at Brooks baseball and the velocity is not that bad. Maybe I'm wrong. I uh, he didn't seem to be throwing oh, very hard yesterday. You've definitely been wrong. <laughs> I have too. Remember when he was a two-star pitcher and we both just poo-pooed the hell out of him? Yeah. But that, no way. Yeah. We were totally wrong. And he's obviously legit. But no, I would rather have Dan Straley in that same range of ownership. I'm just saying, am I wrong about him being a soft-tossing righty? I, th- I think I might be wrong about that. It didn't look like he was throwing very hard yesterday. but And last year, I, it's because he mostly throws sinkers, right? He doesn't really throw a four-seamer that much. But it looks like Godley's velocity is up this season. Yeah. A little. Oh. And he's got the uh, humidor coming. And he's got the Padres as part of his two starts. There was actually a report about the humidor yesterday, by the way, that it's probably about a month away from being finished, and then they'll need two weeks. The baseballs have to be stored in the humidor for two weeks before they can be used. Interesting. Uh, I I think you can still – like he's got an average fastball velocity of 91 miles an hour. I think you can still call him a soft toss. That's soft tossing now. But it's a couple miles per hour below average at this point. Fellas, I want to read some emails from our listeners, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Real quick, tell me if you're interested in any of these guys. They're owned in less than 10% of leagues. Astros pitcher David Paulino, Reds pitcher Tim Adelman, White Sox pitcher Mike Pelfrey, and Oakland A's hitter Chad Pinder. Paulino, Adelman, Pelfrey, Pinder. Pinder and a deep roto is a middle infielder, yes. Yeah. None of those pitchers? Alrighty. Let's create a trade from Kyle. Hey, Mookie, Jackie, and Andrew. We know them. Give Dylan Bundy, get Joey Gallo. D. C. Alright. Give Bundy, get Gallo. Best you're getting is a C there, Kyle. This is from Aaron. Dear Rolf, Beaker, Statler, and Waldorf. Ugh. Fantastic. <laughs> 
Uh, I have a pitching problem. Ten-team head-to-head points league. I can only have seven starting pitchers. Need to drop one of these guys with Paxton coming off the DL. Sonny Gray, Barrios, Bundy, Manaya. Gray. Oh, man. I... Chris? We like need, we need an answer. We're big believers in the the va- the predictive value of peripherals. Yes. The one of that group with the worst peripherals is Dylan Bundy. Yeah. He's got a four seven fit. He can right. be used but as an RP pit- though. He keep that in mind. But you can only have seven starting pitcher eligible pitchers, right? That is true, but he can still yeah. Like he he counts as one of the seven, but he doesn't well, uh, Aaron said he doesn't really want to drop Bundy because he can't use him as an RP. Um, I guess it's Gray. I would drop Gray even if, even if Bundy was only eligible to start. From Tim, would you guys trade Baez and David Price? Baez and David Price for Zach Greinke? Yep. No. Why not, Chris? I mean, I think Granke and Price are probably going to be pretty similar pitchers this season. I, I, I don't know how much I should ba- value the Javi Baez anyway, but. You don't. You don't, yeah. like, he's, he's not somebody you want to start anywhere. Sure, but then at that point, it gets to the, you're trading for two very similar pitchers at a position, and it gets to the. But we think that David Price is a bigger injury risk than Zach Grinky yeah. right now. And Grinky's in currently better form. Yeah. I just like I would much I would rather have Zach Greinke and David Price, and I don't have much use for Javi Baez in I most guess. leagues. That's fine. Yeah, come on. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I agree. All right, from Andy, Aaron Altair, Adam Frazier, Max Kepler, and Bradley Zimmer are all available in my league. Are any or all of them worth picking up? Aaron Altair, Adam Frazier, Max Kepler, Bradley Zimmer. I'd be dropping Worth, Ian Happ, Inciarte, or Aaron Hicks is a batting average league. No OBP. I know a lot of names there. You need me to read it again? All right, tell me about – this is what I'd do. You tell me if you agree or disagree. I would keep Ian Happ. I would drop Worth, Inciarte, and Aaron Hicks. And I would would add Altair, Zimmer, and Kepler. And who are you leaving out? Frazier. I might hang on to the thing about this one being a batting average league. Adam Frazier could be really valuable because I do think he's a, a high batting average player. Um, I would probably hang on to Hicks over Zimmer. All right. For now. I think I'd rather have Zimmer than Hicks. I would. Ellsbury should be back very soon, so we'll see what happens with Hicks. Uh, all right. Uh, here's Grizz from Alameda. Hey, Francis, Claire, and Doug. Huh. Uh, House of Cards. Oh. I need your help ranking the following potential stud pitchers who are about to return from injury. Rank these four. Steven Matz, Taiwan Walker, Carlos Rodon, and Jamison Tyone. Steven Matz, Taiwan Walker, Rodon, Tyone. I think Tyone has to be at the top of the list. He has the best track record of this group and is the only one not coming back from an arm injury, right? Uh, well, Walker has a blister. Oh, yeah. But he has a much better track record than Taiwan Walker. Rodon at the bottom. Uh, no, I'd rather have Rodon than Walker. Walker above Rodon. Uh, Mats and Tyone, I, I kind of struggle with. I think Mats yeah. is the better pitcher. But there's a chance he makes two starts and is done for the year. So yeah. I'm, I'm going Tyone, Mats, Rodon, Walker. I think I'm going Tyone, Mats, Walker, Rodon. Tyone, okay. So Tyone and Mats in some order are the best. Yes. Yeah. And Rodon is just, we don't have a timetable for him, so. He is throwing a simulated game, I believe. So we're getting, we're getting closer. I've seen speculation that he could actually be back in June. Game one predictions? Uh. Warriors win. Yeah, I think the Warriors probably win. I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be one of the best finals of of our lifetime. Oh, who won the hockey game last night? What? Who won the hockey game? What hockey game? Come on, this this is amazing stuff. It's very fun. I, I was watching is, on the plane. Is, oh. is it the Olympics already? Penguins won four to one. It was one to one when I saw they won. What country are the Penguins? 
They, uh, wherever Pittsburgh is. For Heath Cummings and Chris Towers, I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya.